This is normally a very fun show, and we don't often dwell on dire topics, but we feel that it's important to put this out there before we begin today's show. Abuse of any manner in the workplace is never acceptable. It's not something that anybody should have to endure. And it's truly irredeemable behavior. We support all those at Activision and Blizzard. We support the women who are brave enough to come forward. And we support the employees who have chosen to speak up, share their stories, as well as those who took place in the organized walkout. Upper management's response was middling at best. Bobby Kotick is responsible for this, tangential or not. It should be the responsibility of those who run a company to protect those who work for them, without exception. Support women in the workplace. Don't tolerate abuse. And do whatever you can to make sure this industry stays fun and stops harming those who build it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. We got an exciting show. We teased you last week with what we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about some other stuff first, but obviously, if you looked at the thumbnail of this upload, you are aware of a certain anniversary that we'll be talking about. But Kelly, do you want to get us started with some news before we do that? I sure do. So... Um, the first bit of news we'd like to share is that the PlayStation 5 has surpassed 10 million sales, making it the fastest selling PlayStation ever, which is a little bit crazy. It's funny. It, it kind of puts the whole situation, like the scalping situation and the difficulty of it obtaining them into perspective, because like it felt like it was short stock, you know, mm -hmm. but now it's evident it's not actually an unusually short stock it's just like an insanely high demand yeah these numbers surprised me M me as well i like didn't even know they sold more than five five ps5s like period yeah like five singular like one to me one to you and then three to like random people in the press right yeah yeah so i don't know i um I guess it makes sense. I feel like every big console release is the biggest just because of statistically speaking, that's just how the world works now. Yeah, we're growing. Yeah. And I, I was surprised, but then a part of me was like, I guess that sort of makes sense if you think about it. I, it's just shocking because I'm sorry, I keep. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> it's just shocking. It just seems like nobody's able to get one even now. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the perspective. Like, it feels like nobody has one. But then you hear this mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, more people have this than had like a PlayStation 4 or 3 or 2 or 1 on launch. Like, it just feels strange because there's such an intense demand, probably fueled partially by like how many people became entrenched in gaming through 2020. You know, a lot of people joined the industry, not like professionally, but joined to play games because of COVID circumstances and such. So that probably increased the number of fans and therefore the number of people that were trying to purchase this. That's my only guess for why this is such an unusually high demand for a launch. Yeah. Because, like, I, there's no console in our lifetimes that's been, like, easy to get on launch. Like, you just show up at the store the day after it comes out and it's there. Like, it's not, it's never that easy. But, like, this is obviously a whole nother league, you know? Like, the fact that the PlayStation 5s sell out in, like, under 60 seconds still every time they go in stock anywhere, it's pretty evident of what's happening. Yeah. It's just, I mean, good for PlayStation, I guess. It's strange because, like, 
nothing's coming out for it still. But they keep selling, and I'm like, it really is just like everybody wants the newest thing. And it is a great console, but like it's not exclusives that are selling it. Right. I think it's just the peace of mind knowing that when those exclusives do come, that you have the you're ready for them. Even though we still really even have heard like hide nor hair of any PlayStation 5 exclusives in the next year. No, honestly, like 2021 is kind of over for PlayStation. We'll get back into that a little bit at the end of the of the news because there's some more dire news for them. But yeah, um, some positive news related to PlayStation is that uh, gameplay for a game coming to PlayStation 4, 5 and to PC, uh, it is a cat game called stray it was announced at a playstation showcase several months ago um but it was finally shown off with gameplay it looks remarkably adorable and shockingly fun for a game that's just about you know it seemed like just a stray cat wandering and it still kind of seems like it's that with some like light puzzle solving and like even lighter combat elements but like the way the cat moves in this trailer and like I just I just want to pet it and I'm excited because this is the first time we've had a game that's like where you play as a cat and it just looks like it's like they love cats and they just want to play as them you know and they built a game around that yeah I really liked the part in the trailer where the cat like walks up to one of the robot because the the humans have like robot heads or maybe they're like half robot so they have like almost tv heads and you can like kind of rub up against its legs mm-hmm. and then the little heart pops up on the screen and he like pets you <laughs> that I'm honestly kind of sold on it just from that alone because it's so cute. Right. I'm not super clear on like the general. It seems kind of like post apocalypse of some sort, like maybe all the humans are like dead. A cyberpunk and... kind of thing. It looked like to me. Yeah. Like where are the humans like maybe it's just robots now or maybe this is like a robot city. But yeah. They also announced that it will be coming in early 2022, which is I'm glad that they were, you know, not overly ambitious and trying to put it out this year if they're not going to be ready. Um, this is also made by it's uh, published by Annapurna, who makes, you know, a lot of artistic video games. And also they have budgets. So I'm not really worried about this game coming out broken or anything, because that's always a concern for lower lower budget games that have very high ambitions but with this i I do think that they have the support that they'll be able to get this game out in very working order i'm excited i want to play it i want to pet the cat me too i want to be the cat we will be the cat early 2022 (laughs) look it up if you haven't seen the trailer it's very nice to watch it's called stray again Mm -hmm. you know what else is very nice to watch Um, for me personally yeah but i do but the audience doesn't Ariana Grande. <gasps> Live. Uh-huh. In Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Ariana Grande is doing a concert tour in Fortnite this weekend. I am a big Ariana Grande stan, so everybody, nobody say anything to me about anything. Know that I will cry. <laughs> Okay, I do have to say, yeah, her like appearance uh-huh. does not look like her. No, I saw the picture and I was like, huh, I guess I could see it, but it's just the ponytail, which like, yeah, I get it. That's like her signature, but the face didn't really look like her at all. No, it really doesn't. But 
I mean, who else is in this game? Travis Scott's in this game. Mm-hmm. Are there any other musicians that I'm forgetting? Um, I don't know. Um, and Wasn't like, Lady Gaga going to be in the game? She was part of the same rumor mill that Ariana Grande was, but I have a feeling. I just have this yeah, feeling that she won't. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe not. Lady Gaga's just a little too... Classy. Well, yeah, she's doing, like, all these movies. Like, she's, like, prestige now. Yeah. She doesn't belong to us anymore. No, because she's, like, an Oscar winner and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think... I mean, Ariana Grande is very, very esteemed in her own right, but it's a very different kind of esteem, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's not like a... I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't really play Fortnite. I don't really care that much. I I like Ariana Grande. I saw her live in concert like three or four years ago. So this will be even so, better than that, I'm sure, right? Yeah, an even more immersive experience. For me. <laughs> than being like, near her physically. Yeah, who cares about that when I can look at the fake Fortnite version of her that looks absolutely nothing like her. Yeah, they got, they got like 10% of her features down, so... <laughs> Yeah, they got like enough, you know. I mean, good for her. I'm happy. She deserves to be rolling in that money that she's going to be after this. Queen of rolling in the money. I wonder if she'll be a character in this, though. Because, like, you know, Travis Scott was a character or is a character in the game now after his concert. So I wonder if Ariana Grande, like, is okay holding a gun and killing Rick from Rick and Morty. (laughs) Is LeBron James a character? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We will probably find out in a couple days here. So tune in this weekend to Fortnite. I do have to say something about Ariana Grande. Okay. So she can now defeat Thanos. Yeah. And she can defeat Sephiroth because she was in a Final Fantasy mobile game. Yeah. And you could pin her against Sephiroth. Yeah. I think that's really incredible for her. Yeah. Although I I don't think you can play as Thanos, though. In Fortnite? They had like a Thanos mode many, many months ago. And you like could play as him, but you had to like kill him to get his glove and then you turned into him. Oh. Let me double check. They might have added him as a regular skin later as well. Okay, I'm I typed curious. I typed Thanos and then hit space and then it knew I wanted a Fortnite skin. <laughs> so I'm just curious, you know? As far I- as I can see, and I could be wrong here, because this is very you know, quick research, but no, you cannot just get him as a regular skin. So they could bring that mode back though. And then we could kill Thanos as Ariana Grande, but she'll kill Superman. Like that's true. She will get her girl boss moment. She'll kill Kratos from God of war. That's true. Yeah. And the master chief. I want Ariana Grande and master chief flossing next to each other. (laughs) You might be able to, to see that. Yeah. That is a possibility. There's like so many characters in this game now that it's like, it's like the Smash Brothers thing, but more extremely stupid because it's like, whoa, it's like you got Steve from Minecraft and Sephiroth are, are like standing next to each other. Whoa. But like mm-hmm. Fortnite's like, oh, it's LeBron James and Master Chief and Kratos and Ryu from Street Fighter and, and Rick from Rick and Morty and Ariana Grande and Travis Scott all flossing. Yeah. They're all best friends. Yeah. And it's like, true. so strange. I hope Sephiroth does not join Fortnite. <laughs> I don't need to see him think... flossing. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because now it will happen. Yeah. Well, 
You heard it here first. And if it happens, <laughs> send your complaint mail not to Epic Games, but to Kelly at Kelsbells and Twitter. Yep. Hit me up. What series is Sephiroth from again? Um, The last uh, folklore. Ah. Uh, that's such a bad alternative name. <laughs> Well, try try not, finding not a thesaurus you. and then get back to me. I feel like fantasy is a very specific word, and there's not a whole lot that I, you could replace it with. That would make sense. No, I just looked up thesaurus for fantasy and, and make-believe. Yeah, or like a dream. The last make-believe. Okay, that sounds kind of like a, a nice little book you'd read. It sounds like something very sad. Oh, Oh. Well, you do. You, anyway, Final Fantasy. <laughs> the 16th one is on the way. We've seen a little bit of, of footage from it at a PlayStation showcase months ago. But they just uh, announced that they are actually recording the English version of this game first. And that is British English specifically. This is something extremely unusual. It is a Japanese-made game. They record it in Japanese, and they use Japanese for all of the motion capture. But for this game, they're doing it in English first. Uh, I think it makes some degree of sense because, like, you know, it's basically like a Japanese version of English folklore, you know, like classical folklore. So it makes sense to record it in English, I guess, but just based on tradition and how long this series has been going on and the fact that it's made in Japan, this really surprised me. Yeah, this seems like one of those things that they were like not sh not quite sure that they wanted to do. I kind of felt this way about because some of the Final Fantasies really do sort of capture that like high fantasy feeling, but yeah. then some of them are like Final Fantasy fifteen, where you're like driving in a car with your buds, we're using Coleman grills. It's very like anachronistic. Like sometimes time doesn't really make sense. Like how do you have a car? I mean. Anyway, I don't I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> I think you already did. I <laughs> I think it's kind of cool how they're returning to that sort of high fantasy. Not saying that Final Fantasy 15 wasn't high fantasy, but there are a lot of like elements that kind of I don't want to say took me out, but it's like more medieval in their style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, that's pretty cool and I think this was probably something that they were maybe thinking about doing previously in the series, but they didn't want to risk it. Like, and now that they're in a more comfortable position again, because I feel like maybe after Final Fantasy 13, I don't know. I think a lot of it wasn't, it got a lot of criticism. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe they felt they were, didn't want to take too many risks with the next like mainstay Final Fantasy game that wasn't an MMO. Well, even that, because like 13 came out and then 14 came out and 14 was an absolute disaster. One of the worst video game launches ever. And then they were just like, this is so bad. We're going to literally blow up the MMO world and shut down the servers and we're going to redo it. And then we'll re-release it. And that re-release is remarkably well received. But like, mm -hmm. but that hap that took a while, you know, and they had some rough patches. So and then right. 15 got back some grace for sure. Not all of it, though. But I feel like 7 Remake really got people back in their good graces. So now they're like, okay, now we can truly go where we want. Yeah. Plus this is the director of the 14 reboot. So, and he's very well esteemed as far as video game directors go. So I, I mean, they're, 
I'm not worried about this game in any capacity. I'm surprised mm-hmm. to hear this news, but none of it is negativity. I'm still excited yeah. for this game just as much as I was. Yeah, I think I think it'll be cool too, um, just to sort of see it how they want it to be, like how they intend it to be. Yeah. Their vision. Their vision. They're just Speaking they're really of- looking out on the horizon. Yes, I was about to say, speaking of vision, I have a vision <laughs> that a game will be delayed. Um, that's a very predictable vision, though, since that happens every week on this show. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how it is with fortune telling. You just kind of got to cast a wide enough net and you'll get something. Yeah. What did you catch this week? Right. Reportedly, Horizon Forbidden West has been delayed until quarter one of 2022. Not great. Uh, I don't know if this has been like 100% confirmed, but it's reported by like a few different outlets now. So we can probably take it on its face value. I believe it. Even if it's not 100% corroborated, like it makes sense. We also, I think we both said something along these lines last time we saw the game. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but my thinking is like, I think... We talk, I mean, we talk about delays all the time, you know, I think that if a game is not good in the state that it is, and you're doing this to avoid the crunch, I think it's not a bad thing. Um, Because I think that's something that's really crazy and unhealthy about the industry is the crunch that workers have to go through. And um hopefully this is to avoid that but you never really know sometimes with these companies they like they project an image of uh like happiness and collaboration and all good stuff and then it's like surprise we're awful we made people work like 80 hours a week yeah i mean the thing for me also is that i don't think game delays are inherently bad in fact like one delay to help the conditions for the workers and to get the game out in a proper state is a good thing in my opinion Mm -hmm. but the one issue is that this is a playstation exclusive that was coming out this holiday which means now they have unless they have something hidden they have nothing and that also means that the two biggest uh playstation exclusives next year god of war and this are both also coming to playstation 4 Meaning Mm -hmm. PlayStation 5 might not get any heavy-hitting exclusives for the rest of this year. And again, unless they have something hidden, which they very well might, there might not be any huge PS5 exclusives next year. It might be PlayStation exclusives, but they're not for PS5. They're for both PS4 and PS5. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good. I think that's bad, actually. Yeah. I think that is unarguably bad. Inarguably bad. Well, the most confusing part is is because we read the news story at the top of the show about how the PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling PlayStation ever. There's an install base building quicker than ever. It's not like it's not like they made they released the Wii U and it sold seven units, you know, like this is the best selling PlayStation so far. They're going to have a massive amount of people with this in their hands by next holiday. Because if it's 10 million less than a year out. It's going to be at least 
I would say, 25 million by holiday of 2022. That's a comfortable install base to be selling an exclusive to. Yeah. What you doing, Sony? Call me, I'll help. Sony, what's the deal? Can you explain why you've done the things that you've done? <laughs> to us on, on the episode, you're invited. Please, just come hang. Join Tell us what's going on. Join our join our video chat and we'll we'll ask some questions and we'll publish it and then we'll monetize it. Yes. Nothing bad will happen. We're not gonna trap you. <laughs> We're not gonna put a little box with a string and a carrot underneath. We're not gonna pull the string and put the box over you and then trap you. We're not gonna do that. Uh-huh. We're not gonna um like paint a fake road on a wall and then have you run into it and like smack your face up against the wall we're not gonna do that i really like that sony is being personified as like having legs and being able to run <laughs> well you know yeah i know he knows hey kelly how old are you uh six thousand and ten years old okay so that means that you were six thousand and eight years old two years ago yeah mm-hmm did anything happen two years ago that that was really substantial, like two years ago exactly, basically? Um, I think something, I think something might have come out. I think it might have been a video game. Oh, they okay. I didn't know they released any of those two years ago. Okay, is there any specific ones that maybe are in the thumbnail already, so that we're teasing right now to something <laughs> that the audience is aware of? I think it was called Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yes, it was. It's been two years since Fire Emblem Three Houses came out for the Nintendo Switch. I can't believe that. Can you believe that? I can't. I feel like I I feel like it just came out. Like I don't really feel like it's been that long, but I feel like twenty twenty was just kind of a big sinkhole in my brain. That still so. makes a year though. Even if 2020 didn't happen, that's still a whole year. I know. So, uh, per Kelly's recommendation, we decided to revisit this game for its second anniversary, and we both sunk a little bit of time into the game, revisiting it, forming some new thoughts, thinking about, you know, what the game meant to us then, what it means now, should you play it? So, we're going to start right in. We're going to start spoiler-free, so if you haven't played the game, don't worry. Enjoy our talk. we got lots to say. Kelly, what are your opening? What are your initial thoughts going back to this game? My initial thoughts are I think it holds up really well. I really enjoy Fire Emblem games. Um, even back in the day, I remember playing. What was the one on GameCube? Maybe Radiant Dawn. I was going to. I think it's Radiant Dawn. Yeah. Um, really enjoy it as a series. Uh, Three Houses was kind of a departure from the norm. Um, the norm being awakening and fates, which, you know, fates is kind of its own thing. Um, Three Houses was a little different. It had kind of some new systems in it that introduced a lot of more like context and life into the world, which I really liked. Um, but yeah, revisiting, I think it held up well. Some parts feel maybe a little bit tedious, but part of me thinks that's just because I played through the game like four times now. <laughs> so some parts are going to that just because I'm I've done them a bunch of times. Um, but I am really enjoying my time. Um, I don't know, Andrew, what are your opening thoughts on your return to Fire Emblem? 
So this game has three main paths that you pick from, the three houses. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I played it first, when it came out, I chose one of those houses. Well, you can only choose one. I chose one of those houses and played through the game entirely. I binged the crap out of that game. I played it very quickly and loved it. And then um, I decided to step away because I had a large backlog and I didn't play any of the other routes. Um, Partially because I I felt like I got my fill from the game, but also because, you know, didn't really have time. So... Going back this revisit, I decided to start a new game plus, which I have some thoughts on the new game plus that I didn't know before, but we'll get back to that. Um, and I picked a different house, and it's just very shocking how quickly like I fell in love with the new cast of characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I, you can recruit students in this game from different houses to join you, and those are like your units in battle as well as people that you can form support with. Um, so I became very familiar with the the students in the Golden Deer house, which I played the first time, and I recruited a few from different houses, but you don't really get to see a lot that way. You get support conversations and such, but because they're not part of the main story, there's a lot that you don't learn about them. And also, like, for example, in one of the earliest missions, there's a character whose adoptive father turns against your organization the first time i played the game this student wasn't in my house so i just didn't experience that at all it really adds a lot of context even if the main story events are very similar going in there's a lot of little things that can add a lot of depth to those events and it's just fun it makes revisiting this game very interesting because yeah a lot of the beats are the same but those that new context really does help and because you have played it before, you know what you can skip, you know, there's certain story segments that you're like, oh, I remember. And it's not different because it's like you and one other character that this already happened. So you know what to what to skip or go quickly through versus the stuff that's all new. And there's just a lot of interesting stuff to experience. And I am having a blast. I wasn't I thought I was going to play like three hours maybe to like reformulate my thoughts, you know, because I had very definitive thoughts when I played this game. And I'm like. 12 hours into this game this to this run this week and i'm like oh my gosh am i gonna play through all three routes now i think you should (laughs) i got games to play i I know but we got a podcast to 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 play games for i know but it is really like contextual like you were talking about there are certain stories that you just don't know if you don't play um, I'm similar to you. The very first route I played was Golden Deer. Best choice. Um, which still my favorite, but um, the the story in that one is so different from the story in Blue Lions, um, which is I think the one you're playing now, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, I have not. Yeah. I have not touched Black Eagle, so my opinions on those are very light. Right, and then. You know, as you can imagine, the story in Black Eagles is also very, very different. So, and I and I think that it helps you contextualize some events that even happen like later on. Like, not to start into spoilers, so I won't. But certain encounters and stuff like that, you get a different context for if you've played through the other routes, that sort of thing. So. I do think it is worthwhile to play through all of them. I know that it can be kind of like (laughs) heavy, but I like marathoned through uh, the the 
the golden deer and the blue lions and then I sort of hit a stop at Black Eagles, but you know, I'm I'm replaying it now, so Right. Well, before we get into any plot details, you want to discuss your thoughts on the gameplay? Now that it's been like this much time, you've stepped away and you're coming back. Do you have any like new thoughts or any thoughts you'd like to reiterate? We didn't have Mm -hmm. a podcast when this came out, so this is all new to the audience. Yeah, I think it's good. I, I, it's hard to talk about the gameplay without going into too much spoiler territory because I think some, the gameplay is really based on the maps. Yeah. Like the style of maps. And I think that some routes just have better maps than other ones. Um, like, not, like to go back to old Fire Emblem, like Fire Emblem Fates, Conquest had the way better maps than oh, Revelation yeah. or Birthright. So it was like the gameplay in Conquest was just better. Story, you know, whatever. But um, so it's kind of like that where you can't really, it's hard to... Um, I enjoy the gameplay. I don't think it's it's too challenging, but I like earlier Fire Emblems. I might argue is are a little, I might argue are a little bit more challenging. Whereas the further you get into this series, I don't want to say easier, but it becomes a little bit more like there's a the learning curve is not quite as steep. Oh yeah, I mean it gives you powerhouses right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. No matter which house you pick in this game, you have some characters that can just destroy what's in front of them and losing them is very uncommon, you know? And mm-hmm. there's also difficulty options, a ton of difficulty options. So you will not be left in the dark if you want to play this game and you're not like super interested in the strategy or anything. Mm-hmm. Do you still find the the loop of combat and then monastery gameplay satisfying? Yeah. I like the because it's so it's not the monastery gameplay for me is fun because it's like I really like micromanaging. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well I want the student to to I'm gonna spec this student into a flyer later on. Yeah. Um, even though that's not what they are at all, but in my brain I'm like, I can make this work. So the monastery stuff is fun for me in that regard, and also it feels more rewarding. Then past Fire Emblems, where it was just like, you just watched people talk. Yeah. And then you'd go to the next map. Whereas this one, there's like more substance to the world and you get to go fishing. Oh, you do fish. I I really like the fishing. It's a good mini game. It's very simple, but it's very satisfying. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the thing for me about the monastery is that like, when I first jumped into it on this replay, I was like, dang, this is tedious. But then it was like, now you can fast travel around. And I was like, oh, never mind. It's fine now. Instantly, mm-hmm. it fixed itself. And because I'm playing on New Game Plus, you have this thing called Renown, which is based upon the tasks that you did both in your first playthrough and going into your second playthrough. Um, I use that Renown to up my professor level all the way to max the second I started the game. And what that did is it allows me to do more activities in my days in the monastery. And it's funny because I remember when I started my initial playthrough, um, I was super picky about everything that I did at the start of the game because you have a very limited number of activities you can do in your days at school, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, okay, I I get to pick three things and I want to like feed these students so they're happy and have full tummies. But I I also want to learn how to use my sword better over here and like, you know, have a tea party, have a tea party with my favorite. But like now I have so many activity points that I can just like freely manage everything that I want. 
and you have a lot of control over like the people that are in your party so you get all these students and like they're introduced to you and they're like oh hi i'm an archer or hi i like to use my fists i'm a brawler and you could just be like that's cool um no <laughs> the brawler is now a mage and the archer like now rides horses because yeah. and they give you that full control and it's not the easiest thing in the world but it's also not that hard and the game really wants you to experiment and it gives you full control over that it's not like systems that you have to fight against it is something you have complete control over yeah um, yeah that's what i like too what is your favorite reclass that you've done i don't think this would be considered a spoiler a student that you changed their class very drastically. Hmm. I like to take like high luck archer characters. And I there's one in specific that I'm thinking of. He's in Golden Deer, so I'm not playing with that right now, but um high luck archer class and turn them into like a like a brawler type. Okay. Who because was then that? you get that then you get that really high critical chance. But they're also really, really strong. So you can just kind of like send them forward, you know? <laughs> Who did you do? What what student did you change into? Ignatz. That's very funny. I was going to use Ignatz as mine. Ignatz yes. is, a, is an archer and I changed him into a uh, a um, Pegasus. Barbarian? No, a Pegasus rider oh. in my first run. Yeah, I mean, that's good too. I feel like some of the skills do align with each other really well. Like I feel like luck and I think it's literally just called skill. Or maybe speed. I feel like they align with each other really well. And stuff like um, attack and magic. Like my one of my favorite unit units um, is Lysithia, oh, who is also in the I Golden love her. Deer. She is so. If you are able to like train her correctly, she is so so powerful. It's like not even funny. You just like send her in, and she'll just like nuke the whole thing, yeah. the whole map, and be like, "I'm done, done here." <laughs> It's like, dang, I just got here. I just unpacked my bags. And we're already <laughs> ready to go again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I really like just, you know, experimenting with the different characters and and also like in past Fire Emblem games, I kind of picked my party and I was like, "All right, I'm set." But in this one, mm -hmm. like I really want to focus on everybody that I have access to. I think everybody deserves their time in the spotlight. And that's incredible. Ever, I genuinely think that the vast majority of the characters in this game are very good, and like I love Awakening, and I and I like Fates quite a bit, but like the it's almost incomparable the the level of quality in the characters between those games and what they have made in this one. Yeah, I agree. It just feels a lot more fleshed out than those games did. Yeah, and it's probably largely not largely, but it. It helps that you have control over your house and stuff and like you are a teacher for these students so you feel a lot closer and like they're part of your of your they're part of your house you know like this is mm -hmm. this is not just some random character who's along for the ride who like you pass and they're like oh I'll join your party like no they you have to recruit them if they're not already part of your house and it feels like you earned their trust and even if I'm overthinking this like it does feel good to have these people in your party and it really yeah. enhances the character quality I think. Yeah, I agree. Are you a, a boy or a lady this time? Well, I did the the female Byleth, or the char the main character, if you want to call them that, the first two playthroughs, and then I decided that I was going to play as a male. Um, I don't love it. 
He's just it's the vibe is different. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but I thought I would try just because I wanted to experience the game that way because it's a little bit different, and I also felt like I wanted to sort of see the dynamic between him and because I'm doing black eagles so i wanted to sort of see the dynamic between the male character and edelgard because i've only ever experienced the female dynamic so i would like to see that as well yeah i mean i picked i did the same exact thing i played the female byleth my first run because i just like her design better so that's that was all it was and then i was like all right i need something a little different so i picked the male byleth this time and like it's not bad he is like largely an avatar character but it's not as good you know yeah and like she's just She's just got a cute design. It's like, I don't. And she I looks like more welcoming. He looks so grumpy. Yeah. He looks grumpy at all times. Like a really serious face. Yeah. He's like. I like when Kelly makes faces into the camera to demonstrate <laughs> the face of the character on our audio based show. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, though. I sure hope so. You know what he looks like. I know what he looks like. And if they don't, they can Google it. Yeah, Google it. Um, if you do have to Google it, that probably means that you've played it. Not, wait. But you haven't played haven't it. haven't played it. And if you haven't played it, you don't know what happens in this game. So if you're going to play this game, you should probably politely tune out now. We are going to talk a little bit about some spoilery stuff. So if you want a pure experience, then I recommend that you step away Come back later. Listen to the second part of this episode and and then you can join us, you know, understand what we're talking about. So if you have played this game, stick around. Or if you just you're not super sensitive to spoilers and you do want to hear what we have to say, stick around as well. But if you are tuning out, thank you for listening. Goodbye. See you next week. See you next week. Play some Fire Emblem and then get back to us. Yeah, play all three routes <laughs> within the next seven days and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. So, Kelly, mm-hmm. spoilers. Yep. Yep. Byleth's hair changes colors. <sighs> I I like I like the mint green hair, but it's so like, you know, it's so fire emblem. Like we get it. There's <laughs> the main character has blue hair or the character like the Lord character has blue hair and now it's green. It's like I know that it's a it's a popular trope in a lot of like Japanese media that like your your hair and your eyes change color be, to show some sort of like inner change um which is is fun i like that um but i feel like it could have been crazy like maybe i guess they had just had two white-haired protagonists but it was like should have been white like go from like dark blue to like bright white yeah you know? but, but this is also the first i mean this is the first protagonist in two games where you didn't have customization options so that's true. I always sort of think about the default because of Smash Bros, but oh yeah, you can customize your characters and fates in Awakening, which I totally forgot about. Yeah. Um, are there any elements of the plot that you feel differently on now that it's been long enough for you to process maybe? Um, I have a lot of complicated feelings about like Edelgard's situation. Um, Good, I, bad. like when I played the other two routes, I was not very sympathetic because obviously, you know, she becomes an antagonist. Yeah. 
Um, but playing through this route, I'm like, I feel her pain. You know what I mean? Like, that's my girl. Yeah. She's been through a lot, you know? And I, and I want her to just, I don't know. I think it, it's a testament to the, to the character writing though, because I think sometimes, especially in video game, well, maybe not especially in video games, but sometimes I feel like female characters aren't really allowed to have that space to be Com really complicated. complex. Yeah. yeah. Complex like that. Um, and I have a, I really appreciate that um, they wrote a character that could be sort of polarizing in that way. So yep. not saying I still don't really agree with her. Like I still think that she's a little bit off the deep end, <laughs> but it's easier to see and understand her perspective when you play through her route. In my opinion, I think everybody's morals are kind of stupid in this game. You know, <laughs> like I just watched a scene last night or two nights ago where um, some characters were, they betrayed the church. Oh, it's this, it's the scene where you get the sword of the creator, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then they bring them upstairs and they're like, you betrayed the church to Rhea. And she's just like, kill them, kill them. And like, yeah, I'm like, uh, you're like, whoa, stop. but Banish I think that or just stop. I, yes. But, I think that Rhea is sort of similar to Edelgard in that sense is that they're both kind of like, are you guys okay? <laughs> like, do you guys need maybe some therapy or like some cookies or just like a shoulder to cry on? Like something is happening there. Yeah. I will say I really, really miss Claude. Oh, he, I, his I morals Claude. I do agree with. What, being I cute? think he's pretty. Oh. Well, I just think that, he, <laughs> like, his worldview is probably the most relatable out yeah. of all three of the main lords, just because he's like, I don't think we should have these borders and restrictions anymore. I think we're all one people, and I'm sick of being judged for the way I am. And I think that is, uh, I think that's really admirable. I mean, that's one thing I get that feeling from, like, it's almost frustrating, because, like, I'm playing a, playing with Dimitri, and... He says stuff about like, oh, I don't care where you're from and this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, then like, be like Claude, you know, right. enforce that. Right. Like, even if you don't agree, like your family is responsible for a lot of horrible things. So like you can you can stop that. Yeah. But I guess that's like the privilege of Claude is that he doesn't have his like his family's hands and any dirty money. So like. I guess. Yeah, he's kind of a free bird. Yeah, he's a free bird with a bow. Ugh, I miss him. I guess you have it's to replay. <laughs> You're gonna have to replay again so that you can re-experience Claude's route. I, I want. I would like to. I might do that. Do it. It's funny because I like Hilda. I like Hilda a lot too. So, can you recruit? Is she the retainer that you can't recruit? Yeah, you can't recruit Hilda. That's bull. Unfortunately, I get it. I don't. I don't know if I get that it was Hilda. I feel like if any character is going to be a little bit flip floppy, it would be her. But, you know, they had to pick someone. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Lauren's would have been better, honestly, for. Yeah. For a set retainer. But I mean, I also think Hilda is so pivotal to the Golden Deer. So what I'm actually saying <laughs> is I want to get Hilda in my house when I'm doing this Blue Lines run. I know. Um, who's your favorite? Not like combat wise or anything like that. But who's like your favorite character? Um, 
outside the main characters, I assume, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. probably Claude, but I don't want to count that. I think it might be Felix now. I Because yeah, I, I really, I recruited Felix my first run because he's Blue Lions, and I liked him a lot. But, like, there's some things that you just don't get from having somebody recruited versus in your house from the start. Like, some of the support conversations with Felix, he's just, like, such a dick. But, <laughs> but like, I loved him from the start when I got him so I never saw that side of him so I was just like mm-hmm. instantly I wanted to be like well let me learn why like let me figure this out and I'm like I don't know I, I only am giving him this much sympathy because I like knew him as the cool guy that I knew in my first run you know right yeah and like I'm shocked he's my favorite but like I also want to say how shocked I am at Dadu, who's the retainer for Dimitri yeah, I didn't. I, like I don't like his design very much because, like, he never smiles. It's the same thing as male bilath, where like there's no expression in the face. <laughs> and I was like a little worried about not liking him, but like, especially through the support conversations, where it's just like basically half of them are being racist and the other half are asking how to cook. <laughs> and I'm like, this is like making and like he's growing and they're growing, and I'm like, I'm like, this is a good dynamic, and I really like him now. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like a. Uh... I can't pick. Do you have a if, favorite? <laughs> uh, like if I had to pick from like one from each house, that's not a main lord. I think I would say Hilda for Golden Deer because I mean that's my girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then from Blue Lions, I also really like Felix. Um, I like his dynamic with Sylvain. It's very uh, how you say homoerotic. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I like Mercedes. 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 I like her too. I don't want to say Mercedes because that literally sounds like I'm just talking about a car. I, I like my car. Unrelated <laughs> to Fire Emblem. Moving on to Fire Emblem. I like her too. I really like her supports with Daydu. I think they're very cute. Oh, yeah. They got together in my game. Um, spoilers. <laughs> um, and then from Black Eagles, I really, really like Dorothea. Um, I have to get my mention in. Her voice actress uh, voiced Josephine in Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, So I'm biased anyway, just because I like her voice actress anyway. Her name's Allegra Clark. Um, But I also just really like Dorothea's character. I like how she still has so much sympathy even after everything happens. Yeah. Um, Which is something that I feel like I want them to explore more like the fact that we're all fighting like you're fighting your classmates is really really sad and i just like that she is sort of fun and flirty but she also has like a very deep sense of like sympathy yeah and care for her fellow classmates who um design wise who's your favorite like just visual just visual hilda yeah okay i like her time skip outfit especially oh yeah 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 you know who's um, getting me that I was surprised by is Ash. Yeah. He's just so cute and innocent. He is. With his little freckles. Yeah. Him and Ingrid had a support conversation where they were just like fangirling about some book that they read when they were kids. And I was like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Definitively. Yeah. And it's also like, this is one of those games where like, each route gives you more perspective on the characters. You know, like if you're playing any route but Black uh, Black Eagles, like you're going to have a pretty skewed view of Edelgard because of the horrible things she does. Um, but 
when you go, if even if you start as her, like you'll have that sympathy from the start. And then when you move to the others, you're going to maintain that sympathy. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing is that like the game does a very good job of making you love the main characters in your route that you picked, but they don't mm-hmm. really care about the others deliberately. That way, when you go in later and play those roots, you grow to love these new characters, you know, which is happening so much for me in my in my Blue Lions playthrough. I'm starting to love all of this cast. Yeah. But like that doesn't reduce the love that I had for the Golden Deer house. So at this point, I'm just like loving more and more characters. Yeah. And I love that about this game. It's really impressive how they could do that. Yeah, I agree. It's almost it almost feels in, like well, it doesn't feel this way, but it's it's intentional too because when you move on, it it can feel sort of like callous because like I said you are like fighting your your students and your classmates and yep. stuff. It feels really callous and and but you're like, well, they weren't one of my students, so it's like not a big deal. But then you play through and you like learn about them and you know them and you're like, "Oh my god. I that was so tragic." Them. And I didn't even think about them like that, you know. That's how I felt about Ash because you killed uh, him. Yeah, in the Golden Deer, I think. I did as well. Yeah. Which I didn't even know you couldn't. I thought you had to. Wait, but you could don't. You just, could you just like go around to them and not let them die? No, you can talk to him and recruit him. Oh, like during that battle? Yeah, on the map. Oops. I know. Is that all the characters or just him? It's just him. Oh. And maybe Dorothea. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Ash. I know. When I read that, I was like, how could I do that to my boy? <laughs> my beautiful baby boy. There is so a, precious. There's a lot of death. You kill a lot of people in this game that are like actual characters, not just because like, yeah, you kill like a billion soldiers because that's what you do in games like this and you don't really think about it. But like you also kill a lot of named characters that you could have gotten to know or maybe even did kind of get to know. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to go through because like, to be honest, I don't really care for the plot of this game all that much. The thing that keeps me going is the characters more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like I end up forgetting most of the details of the plot because it's definitely more character focused and the plot is a little bit uh, basic, you know? Yeah. Because, like, even the best part of the plot is, like, arguably Edelgard's quote-unquote betrayal. But that's, like, a character thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, if you yeah. were just, like, and then one of the characters betrays you, you'd be like, eh, that happens, like, four times in the game. But it right. being Edelgard made it special, you know? Right. Like, compare right. that to the character whose name I can't remember who turns out to be evil. The one that was hidden and then turns out to be evil and kills your father. Oh, yeah. Monica. Correct. Yeah, who cares? It's not that wasn't impactful. I mean, it was sad I when do. he died. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's sad. Okay, that made it sound like who cares that. I know what you mean, dies. though. No. Main plot, it, it can be a little bit forgettable. Because, right. like, Geralt dies and it's sad, but you don't care that Monica betrayed you. You care that Geralt's dead. But then when Edelgard is betraying you, if you're playing the other two houses, it's way more impactful because it's a real character you know yeah unless you choose not to side with her in her route and then she's betraying you even if you are her house correct yes there's technically two routes in the black eagles there's the silver snow and then the crimson flower right basically just like because i'm assuming the one where you don't choose to be on her side is a lot more similar to the golden deer route correct yes it's 
like all of those it's almost the same as the golden deer root except you don't have clawed yeah which is why or any of the golden deer so i'm like what's the point (laughs) <laughs> when I do eventually play that Black Eagles playthrough, I'm probably just going to join her because, like, I did the Golden Deer playthrough. I would all want to do it again, especially not without Claude. Yeah. I do think maybe it'll be worth playing once, but not right now. Yeah. No rush. It's not like we have a billion games to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have so many games to play. <laughs> and then we did this, and I was like, yeah, I'll just do it for the show. And now I'm like, but what if I kept playing? What if this became Talking Fire Emblem with Kelly and Andrew? Oh my god, we could totally do it. We could. You know, when we have a when we're big and have a Patreon, we'll start a second series. That way yes. everybody else who doesn't listen to the Fire Emblem stuff can still tune in. Yes. So subscribe to our non existent Patreon, please. <laughs> someday. Yeah. You know who I want to get on the show once we start having guests someday? Who? The voice of Claude. Which this is an audio format, so like we could just pretend he's Claude. Nobody has to know. I love him. Yeah. Do you watch his streams? Sometimes I it, the Twitter highlights pop up on my on my my feed quite frequently. He's he seems like just the sweetest guy. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Big I, fan of his work. Do you have any more thoughts of uh, on Fire Emblem Three Houses? Two years on. No, my only thought is that it doesn't feel old. No. It feels it still feels fun and fresh. And I loved it when it came out. Love it now. So the one thing for me that I thought was showing its age was like the performance of the game cuz it's it's like moderately low resolution usually and the frame rate's not super stable and at first I'm like, "Dang, this game's aged more than I remember." And then 2 hours into my this 12-hour run, I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, I stopped noticing. Because it's like, it's consistent, you know? It's not like it's crazy changing. And, like, I feel like the most inconsistent thing was, like, running around the monastery, which once I got fast travel, I didn't even do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I stopped seeing those issues, which is not excusing it. Like, it's not great that it's unoptimized. So, but it's something that, like, I thought was showing its age, but then quickly I got over because it's... It's also, like, not a fast-paced game, you know? Mm-hmm. You could take as long as you want getting around the monastery and in battle, so. Yes. So I can't wait to sink another 35 hours into this run and then another 50 into another run. Ill-advised, Ooh. but I'll probably do it. I would like to open my Switch and show how many hours I've played. Um, I think it's, like, 160 hours. So. Yeah, it is, because I can see that from my Switch, because I was like, huh. <laughs> Because I like you logged in on the Switch or whatever, and I was like, oh, Kelly. And then I pulled up, and I was like, I wonder how many hours she has in Fire Emblem total. And it was 155 at the time. But after this revisit, it's probably 160, at least. That's life, you know? That's. That, I don't even want to tell you my playtime for Dragon Age Inquisition on the PlayStation 4. I don't even want to talk about it. Go ahead. Tell me. You can't say that. And it's then like not 400 talk. hours. Oh, that's not so bad. I thought you were going to say like 1,200. Well, 12, it's like 400 plus 80 on my PC and then probably like a solid like 60 on Xbox 360. (laughs) Okay. So a lot. Yeah. You know, it's cool though. It's my favorite game. What are you going to do? Make a new one. I like that. Even when we're talking about fire emblem, three houses, very like specifically and non relevantly. It's like, don't worry. Dragon age is still here. 
I'm tell I'm telling you, I will find a way to work it into every single episode. Yeah, although it has already been mentioned, so now this is twice. All right, I know it's getting it's getting a little old, Kelly. Yeah, the real thing is when I decide to play Dragon Age, and then it becomes a whole event of me telling you my opinions and you just wanting to say everything and you can't because I just started. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. I would love to guide you on your journey through Dragon Age. It might happen someday when all of the video Those games, latest. when all of the games that got delayed out of this year get delayed into the following year. That is when I'll play it. Oh. When God of War and Horizon both get delayed to 2023, that is when Stop. I will play Dragon Age. <laughs> Don't say that. As long as WarioWare doesn't get delayed. Don't even speak it. <laughs> It's Don't even speak that into existence. How many weeks away is that? Ow. Should I leave that sound in of me punching my binder that's sitting next to me? <laughs> that hurt quite a bit. Um, Let's see how many weeks away WarioWare is. WarioWare, get it together, is 39 days away. Although if you are watching this, listening to this the day of release, that's 38. Unless you're listening to it after it released. In which case, go do your own math. That's pretty soon. I'm excited to play that. Yeah, me too. I hope that they have some Fire Emblem content in that. That's not a joke because they always have like the little Nintendo ones, Nintendo mini games in that. Yeah. It'd be so cute if there's like a little thing where you get to like do tea with Claude and that was the mini game. Aww. Let's make it happen. Yeah, nice. Let's call Nintendo. Hey, Nintendo. Hey, Nintendo. Put Claude in all your games. Yes. <laughs> so this has been another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew, a very special one. It was very fun to revisit this game, more fun than I even expected, and I thought it would be fun. Did you have fun? I had a great time, and I'm still having a great time, and I can't wait to talk about it some more. I can't wait to have more great times for every week to come. Forever. Forever. You are with us forever. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week for some news. And uh, talk about what we've been playing. You know, won't be Fire Emblem. Eh, might be Fire Emblem. We won't talk <laughs> about Fire Emblem for another 40 minutes, but it might be a little bit of Fire Emblem. So, Right. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks, y'all. Bye.